Cybersecurity Podcast. Hey, <laughs> amazing. Thanks for listening to Hackwork. As always, a pleasure to do this with my co-host from Washington, D.C., Tyler Cohenwood. Hi, Tyler. Hi, I am so excited for this episode. I cannot wait. Yeah, this episode, we will talk about social engineering. And we have a super expert for the show. It's Thank Professor you. Lekati. And she is a consultant on social engineering. She's training people to be aware on social engineering. Um, and as well as an expert of social engineering, I'm getting a little bit nervous because uh -huh. about all the tools to cheat people. Hey, to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We're in a friendly environment here, Mirko. Okay. Mirko, what, what was your pet's first name? Your first pet's name? Yes. Uh, don't fool me. Tyler is doing the work. I don't need to do anything. Yeah. We talked before this episode. <laughs> so, first of all, I think it's important for the people to understand what is social engineering. So, um, to start with, thank you for inviting me. I'm very glad to see you again. Mirko, we've met in person before. It was really nice to, to meet Tyler now, virtually, but still. Yeah. <laughs> and to see what social engineering is, social engineering is a method of breaching cybersecurity, at least in the context of cybersecurity. It's a way of breaching security through the people. So, for example, they don't bother that much by trying to find technical vulnerabilities um, if, yeah, or to, to hack the password field or to, uh, to find a way to, to log into the network. They directly target people, they trick them, uh, and they trick them into, into either giving their credentials, giving passwords away, clicking a malicious link that then installs a, a remote access tool, for example, or other malicious programs, and so on and so forth. Uh, the, the end results of social engineering attacks are, are many, 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 but the concept is they target the people, their psychology, their psychological vulnerabilities, and through them, they breach cyber security on a technical level eventually. So you are hacking humans <clears throat> in social engineering and you're looking for vulnerabilities and bugs, isn't it? Because we have a lot of bugs. We have too many bugs. None of us is perfect. But I would never say the the usual quote, the, the human factor, that it's, the humans are the weaklings. Uh, you cannot patch stupidity. I don't believe in those uh, quotes at all because I think it's it mostly has to do with being aware of what's happening and knowing how to recognize it. And honestly, most companies out there roll out trainings that are really basic and boring and they expect the humans to be super experts at recognizing manipulation so yep. which which is which is one of the biggest problems because uh. that expectation that people are always looking for social engineering or they're always at their best is just not realistic at all it's not practical and you know it's interesting because if 90% of breaches are caused by phishing Phishing mm -hmm. is social engineering. That means 90% of these of, of breaches are caused by social engineering. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely correct. Phishing is a method of social engineering. Vishing is another me method of social engineering. These are the 
the attacks that happen through the phone. But there are also hybrid uh, types of attacks that keep emerging and they become more and more prevalent. And they combine phishing emails or spear phishing emails and phone calls. So, for example, for those that don't know what uh, a spear phishing email could be, you could receive an email, say, from uh, a lawyer from one of your partner companies that says, uh, we absolutely need to talk. There is a legal issue that has emerged. I will call you. And on the phone, they could tell you, you know, that you have been behind in one of your bills and you need to transfer an, an X amount right now. Uh, otherwise, you will be into legal trouble. And because you have seen the email that is pretending to be that lawyer from the partner company and you have heard them on the phone, they become believable enough for you to transfer the money if you haven't been trained in these types of schemes and you are not able to recognize it. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Okay. So, I mean, this is a typical type of fraud, isn't it? Like people trying to bring other people in a situation where they think it's necessary to act on whatever reasons and then they are transferring money simply mm -hmm. to okay it's a typical fraud scheme yes and it's funny that you mention it this way because uh, social engineering is nothing new we had scam artists back in the days when there were no computers we had this uh, incredible guy who managed to sell the eiffel towel twice <laughs> he was a notorious scammer <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's really funny. Wait, I'm Twice. owning the Eiffel Tower. Sorry. Yes, it was a uh, beautiful. It was so well crafted. <laughs> so basically, he he went he went to a group of uh, uh, spare metal parts. Um, I don't know businessmen in Paris and he told them yes I, I come from the government you know that we've been facing some financial trouble uh, in France lately so we decided to dis dismantle the whole Eiffel Tower and sell it as um, spare metal parts and you should compete with one another and put bids to um, yeah to buy them if you want them and he showed them business cards everything he was in a suit very serious and he did this once successfully so he got the money but then the guess what the eiffel tower okay. was not for sale and then he did it a second time but they caught him it's just the second time okay. the second time he got reported <laughs> wow. oh you know it, it's interesting too because i think oftentimes you know modern social engineering these attacks they're based on on trust our typical you know humans tend to trust and fear and urgency. Mm. You must and do this now. You will lose I, everything if you don't do this now. You're going to get arrested. Or yeah. empathy, isn't it, as well? I, I've seen, like, if you feel with the other people on the phone line, like, mm. that they are in urgent need. It's empathy to help them out. Absolutely. So uh, the empathy, the need to help others, um, seeing someone in distress, we feel we feel like assholes if we don't help them out. Sorry for the word. Uh, but also what Tyler said, fear, urgency. These are also huge red flags. If you get an email that says you need to do this now because otherwise something terrible will happen. These are usually two of the most common red flags. And that's because when the combination of fear 
with um, with the time limit blocks us our critical thinking out big time because you fear is way? debilitating. I think my wife is social engineering me every time. I mean, do it now. Well, no, that's just Pressure. how it is. That, that's just a relationship. <laughs> that's life. Uh, come on. <laughs> so, so if I were going to social engineer Mirko, um, I think what I would probably do is I would have some type of Star Wars convention where he won tickets or something to um, something Star Warsy. Mm. And see, I can look at his background and I can see all of the Star Wars. No, you can mm-hmm. maybe say, well, there's this meeting with Mark Hamill. You are invited. There you go. Even better. Click yeah. this link to register. Uh, only exactly. a limited amount of tickets are available. Book yeah. your yep. seat. Yep. No. Yep. <laughs> if and you don't the- buy it right now, you're going to lose out. <laughs> yeah, there are only three places left. You have to decide now. Yeah, but you know, this is actually a pretext that happens and that works very well. For example, now that the holidays are around the corner at the time of this recording, uh, we expect to see once again phishing emails that promise uh, iPads given by the company. So supposedly the company sends out an email, in reality it's a phishing email, to the employees and they say uh, for these holidays we decided to do a random raffle giving out iPads, tablets, whatever, laptops, um, and you need to register for for this award. Um, It's a very old type of trick, but it still works. But still it's very old. I hope uh, companies know about it by now. <laughs> so, what, what, think- what is what, what is the most like exciting um, social engineering um, tactic that you've used in in your business? Exciting. Like, um, did you go into a building pretending to be, you know, a painter or a janitor or something along those lines? These are these are parts of the job. If you're simulating an attack, you are supposed to do a physical engagement if the client wants you to do one. And there is a lot of adrenaline in those because you're physically there. However, I like a lot more the targeted attacks and I specialize in them. The ones that uh, include profiling and truly getting an employee to engage with you and see if they reach a point where they disclose information they shouldn't. And we have done this to, to uncover insider threats. So we have done this to, to test executives that wanted to be tested on those issues and to check whether they are aware of these tricks and techniques. But these are a bit more long-term and they are a bit more elaborate. And the goal is to help people, if it's done on an executive level, the goal is to help them understand what uh, the things they say online or they post online, uh, what vulnerabilities they they leak about themselves. This is what's, um, what's most exciting for me. I like this part. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want your job. <laughs> I want to work with you. I love this stuff. <laughs> there's a bright side and there's a dark side, I have to say. Well, you have to have a certain kind of mind, but, mm. you know, you use that mind for good. And, and that's, you know, that's that's wonderful because people really don't know. I mean, they <clears throat> I I, um, I I wrote uh, Catching the Catfishers because 
when I left, uh, when I stopped doing forensics and moved to DIA, I kept in touch with all the agents that I had supported doing exam forensic exams. And one of them had this case of this, this, um, 47 year old man who was, um, he was arrested for exploitation of children, photos and that kind of stuff. And on the machine, they found he had been talking to an 11 year old girl and he knew everything about her. He convinced her that he was 13 and it, it was frightening how much information he knew about this girl. He knew exactly where her dance studio was. He knew about a fight she was having everything. Um, and the examiner's like, what the heck? And so he looks, the guy was going to the mother social media pages every day, no privacy settings. She also had a blog where she would post photos that still contained EXIF data in it, which uh, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, EXIF data is is metadata about the photo the, the the photo the camera that actually took the photo but it includes the exact geographic location of where the photo was taken and she was just saying everything she was she had pictures of them on her dating sites and she could have her her daughter was being targeted and if, thank god thank god this guy got caught for something else but mm. it's really scary because we don't really think about these digital breadcrumbs that we leave behind that can make us and our kids targets. It's really scary. Exactly. And it's not just scary. It's uh, flat out dangerous. Uh, and exactly this information, just the way you mentioned it, they are being used against individuals uh, big time. And also, yeah, truly child uh, abusers, they they use them to groom children and to target children that are vulnerable or that come from um, families that are broken and they they can see that they need someone to show love and appreciation to them and they take advantage of that. I mean, but the same way uh, it works with uh, high value targets within organizations and they get targeted the same way. The, the attacker will spot a vulnerability and they will try to exploit it. Um, maybe, yeah. Maybe if we look at the Nigeria connection, I mean, this is a super famous uh, attack scheme. And it's mm -hmm. social engineering, isn't it? Because there are a lot of people out there. I mean, entire villages uh, of people yes. sitting in internet cafes, uh, sending out emails. Look if they get a reply from lonely woman or man, and then mm -hmm. they are establishing a relationship. Yes, absolutely. The, the principles are the same in all, all these types of schemes. Uh, and you are right. In this case, they exploit the, the need for connection. This is a need we all have, the need for belonging, they, and they need to be loved and appreciated. So what they do is they flat out start with, um, with compliments, with flattering, uh, with targeting lonely men or women. And it works. It works really, actually in terms of uh, financial returns. We had the Internet uh, crime report coming out from the FBI a few months ago. And in terms of financial returns, these types of romance counts are, are third. They take the third place in, um, in terms of victim return on how much money they were making from the victims. And there were about $600 million that were reported. Ah, the parcel is coming. Christina. If we talk about lonely hearts, being alone, having the desire to meet a beautiful woman or men, it sounds to me like the perfect attack vector towards sea levels. And it is the perfect attack, to, attack vector to sea level and uh, executives. It's something that happens more often than 
than the public eye sees, but we know it through our work. And uh, it's not only the C level, very often there is also the targeted are also a politi- is also a politician. Okay. Or, yeah. Or the accountant, the one who is transferring. Or the assistants who, who handle a lot of sensitive information. And you're absolutely right. Uh, because these people feel so powerful and they are very often powerful, they know it. They don't feel vulnerable. They don't feel like uh, somebody would appear to be attracted to them because they have a malicious agenda. They usually feel that, that somebody is attracted to them or approaches them in a yeah, romantic a way. Exactly. Because they are powerful, because they are handsome, because uh, they attract a lot of people. And um, yeah, and they think they they utilize their money or power or whatever to attract uh, beautiful women without realizing that those beautiful women actually have a different goal in mind. Can I tell you a story, which is quite funny? Oh, yes, please. I'm, I'm yes, as yes. well a super powerful gorilla, alpha, wolf. Uh, <laughs> um, sometimes I'm bored. I'm playing around with my social media profiles. And once a time I have added to my LinkedIn profile at universities that I have a degree at the West Point Military Academy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you can't imagine. I mean, it, tell us, tell. it took only a couple of hours when I got the first new connections with really beautiful women. Oh, must be because uh, of your looks. Yes, <laughs> I think it's like, I'm so beautiful, but... I have slightly doubts on that. It it was maybe um, that I have a relationship. No. One of the leading <laughs> military academy in the US. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, they scout as well. They keep an eye out uh, seeing who's out there in the game. They try to approach people with all kinds of ways. And let's not forget that... Uh, the attackers are not always um, individuals, but we have state-sponsored groups going after specific people in specific organizations. Exactly. Obviously, what I was thinking about this experience is that there must be an entire structure industry out there which is only scanning the profiles. And if yeah. there are some profiles which oh, yeah. are in the target area, they immediately try to create a touch point. Absolutely. They monitor as well. They monitor, they keep an eye out and they try to create connections. And, and sometimes uh, they don't, like the strategy is not a short term strategy of a few months. They Some countries out there have a long term strategy of five to 10 years of building relationships with individuals before exploiting them. Bah. Yeah. Cool. I don't want to refer to specific countries, but. Yeah, no. But. That, that's, <laughs> and I would I assume, mean, if, to be honest, if, that this. Sorry, I, I would assume that. Every country with intelligence services is doing that because to me, social engineering is the basic tool of intelligence work. Yeah, some are a lot more specialized uh, in these attacks than others. And it's known, it's out there. There are also some reports of uh, specific state sponsored groups that 
have uh, been conducting these operations and they have been found by security researchers. Uh, the modus operandi has been reported. It's online. Proofpoint has been doing very good work on this domain. So it's it's nothing we don't know about. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. mm. It's it's true. I mean, what because if if someone is taking if, if a nation state is taking time to specifically target you, eventually they're gonna get in. What mm-hmm. what can people do to really prepare themselves for for something like this? So this is a very broad. I think, first of all, they need to be aware of their own threat model, whether this is an organization or an individual. They need to be aware of who would target them and why. Uh, It is very important for the C-level and the executives to be aware of those issues because they they are the decision makers when it comes to cybersecurity budget, for example, or when it comes to cybersecurity strategy or cybersecurity culture, what, uh, what kind of priorities or example they set to the rest of the organization. Uh, first and foremost, I think they need to be aware of what happens and why and what they can do about it. So it does really start with um, awareness, but not those uh, boring video recorded trainings that are not interactive. They need to they need to have a training that relates to them and it's not generic. Yes, okay, I that agree was with you. My, my question now, if you will That's train me, mm-hmm. how do we start? I mean, if I know that I have booked a social media training, I would be a uh, social engineering training. I would be super aware of any new contact popping in. So, so for high value targets specifically, and now let's say you are a high value target. I am. Uh, you are a high value target, Mirko. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so for you, yeah. we would uh, we would discuss in advance what needs to be done, and if you wanted to know about your threat model, which I would recommend. I would go through your online presence and everything that is known and written about you. And I would let you know what kind of useful intelligence is out there about you. In this case, you can go one of two directions uh, that we would discuss together as well. You either minimize and eliminate as much of the intelligence that is out there about you that could be harmful to you, or you learn what can come your way, what types of attacks uh, you, you can enable through the information you have out there so that when they happen or if they happen you can recognize the the pretext the storyline and we we base our evaluation on years of dealing with social engineering attacks and with seeing what types of information are being exploited and used against you by from attackers but also the i I would also inform you of the most classic scenarios and generally to be a little paranoid and a little careful with who you trust online and offline. Okay. Yes. I mean, there are some things too, don't, don't you, that you can do to, to, to vet if who you're talking to is who they say they are. Um, yes. You know, you, you can just pop their IP address into, you know, who is and see where it's actually coming from. Um, if it's someone that you're just speaking to and, and they're showing you photos, 
you know, you can take photo Google image search works great. It can mm-hmm. find other profiles that may have that same photo and you can very easily determine which is a real profile and which is fake because they won't have people communicating with them. It won't, it won't have that normal, what a social media profile looks like. Uh, absolutely. And this is a very good advice for, um, for the lay person, for everybody. So the, the, mainstream type of person out there that does not hold sensitive information or very high value information would be a target of these types of attacks that are a bit less sophisticated. So yeah, the the attacker in this case does steal a profile picture or a whole profile of another individual, copies it on a new, um, under a new account, under a new name, whatever, and then they they start communicating. But if you are a high value target, chances are that uh, this profile picture has been photoshopped and you cannot uh, reverse image search it. So if you were to to try to see if this profile picture has existed under a different name, you cannot find it. I have learned that they are images created by artificial intelligence. Like, yes. Yeah, that's that's that. Yes. But social media right now are able to to identify which uh, images are uh, generated through AI. However, still, because we do this uh, type of work, you can still Photoshop these images. Uh, You can use Facetune, for example. You Photoshop these images and then they don't, uh, they are not recognized. So so, so the the algorithms that they're using... um, you could just tweak like, you know, something about the nose a little bit and or the lips. You put uh, sunglasses. Yeah, you put a big scarf uh, or a, a hat uh, that hides uh, the ears that might look funny. <laughs> Things a like that. Mustache. A big mustache. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, it's not carnival, but... <laughs> yeah, maybe it's obvious if you get a contact... With a big head, sunglasses, and big mustache. Don't okay, not everything together, Mirko. So, so you can be selective. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just hide everything. <laughs> you know, I, I almost, I almost, I, I got, I almost got spearfished, hook, line, and sinker. Um, hmm. It was a a British church that wanted me to come speak, and Aww. they found me on LinkedIn. And um, they they said, you know, uh, tell us what your fee is. And I gave them like a ridiculous fee that ridiculous. And then they said, absolutely. And I took a step away from it because at the time, um, our, thir- our dog of 13, 13, years, 12 and a half years had just died. Um, I was really sick. And. We were, I was not in a very good place, but mm-hmm. you know, the next day I was like, wait, this is weird. So I decided that I would kind of mess with them a little bit. So I said, I'm, I kind of played along like, oh, this is fantastic. And, um, they got to the point where I knew without a doubt that this was not real. They said, what we need though, is for you to send $400 so we can get you a work visa to come speak in the UK. And I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, why would you target a speaker that's gone to the speak it spoken in these countries and tell them that that you need a visa for Mm. those countries? You don't. (laughs) 
Yeah, see, this uh, this was uh, where they were bored. They didn't do their research. This is very low effort. What? <laughs> very low effort. And and they're and and the um the the IP address was coming from Panama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the um, the operational security was not exactly on point either. <laughs> yeah, but but I I I'm telling you, if I hadn't kind of taken a step back. Um, you know, I could have fallen for it because, yeah, you know, sure. people are not always at their best. And I was not in a good place then. You're absolutely right. So it's, it's not all it doesn't always have to do with how good an attack is. It has it also has to do with what uh, your circumstances are at the time. Uh, in corporate social engineering attacks, we also see a lot of social engineering happening around the holidays when people are tired and cannot wait to take a break. So that, You don't put the same cognitive effort analyzing every contact you get or every email requesting you to do something. I I know the same. I know a case. It was not happening to me, but it was someone who was terrible chat lagged. And Mm. at that moment, Ah, he was was chat lagged. I mean, he was just returning from, I think it was India or somewhere somewhere else to Europe. So he was completely tired. I mean, Mm. having a long distance flight being tired um, and then this was the weak moment yeah and fair enough because when you're tired you don't exactly exercise critical thinking with everything also when you have a personal trouble like you said when you're going through a very hard phase uh, on a personal level you you don't exercise the same judgment mm-hmm. the same quality of judgment but if something feels wrong, I, I, I really think that, that there's, that there's something to, if something feels wrong, if, if it feels wrong in your gut, your gut mm. reaction is something's a little weird, walk away, just take a break and mm. maybe have someone else look at it, come back later. This maybe is, uh, maybe we could use the social engineering buddy system. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It remembers me to my super LinkedIn contacts with this West Point story. Uh, the girls were too beautiful to be true. Yeah, see, if it's too good for be to be true. <laughs> it may not be West Point, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Sonia really wants to talk to you and she's lonely, okay? What's she supposed yeah. to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it is that way, unfortunately. Now, c- coming back, if we go for this training, so you're training me. So the idea is that you're creating this threat model. So you, you have a look on my personality, on my digital footprint, and mm-hmm. on the digital footprint and the personality, you mm-hmm. have a threat model. Mm-hmm. You create uh, possible attack vectors and uh, you let them know what vulnerabilities are out there. Uh, what kind of vulnerabilities they disclose about them without even knowing. And that that could be based on personality and psychology. That could even be based, however, on what they share. Do they share routines? Do they share their favorite gym uh, uh, workout every Wednesday and Friday at that specific location, for example? Uh, It's very practical. It could also be psychological. 
That's the point. And very often they are, get so surprised that then they care to know more about it. And you need this care in these individual, you, individuals. You need them to care about it. This is also one of the biggest problems. They are always like, no, nah, we, we have other things we need to worry about. But when they see the profile, there is usually a certain level of a shock. And that's very good and useful. Okay. Because so. it's the realization sinking in that, okay, yes, I am. Uh, I didn't know there is so much about me out there and that it can be used. So to be honest, I have a massive digital footprint. So yeah. I, I know I have a massive attack surface, let's say it, let's say it in that way. Yeah. Mm. You know, if I were targeting you, I think what I would do is because I know how much you care about animals And I would probably send you something. I would take some time to get to know you. Yeah. Um, and I would say that, um, you know, I have an injured hedgehog that needs a rescue home. <laughs> yeah. Um, click on this picture and, you know, please help me. I need your help with this. What do you think's going on? Because you're so compassionate and caring yeah. that. I would never do that, but I'm just saying. No, no, I would, I would take more and more <laughs> ideas how like they I'll can totally social engineer. <laughs> I would take the hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, I think the moment would be, oh, I will send it to you by parcel service. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Repayment <laughs> for the visa. <laughs> no, of course. You just I mean, need to send me some money for the hedgehog's uh, visa in advance. <laughs> 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 That was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, let's say it that way. I think there's no chance to reduce my digital footprint. <laughs> to be realistic, it's but it's not, I think it it doesn't mean to be a problem because obviously I think in the future you can't reduce your digital footprint anymore. That's not every piece of information and not every digital footprint is a dangerous one or one that will be utilized in attacks. Yeah. Right. So, for example, you have to communicate uh, with your Twitter followers and everybody else your like information around your work uh, and your presentations. I have to do the same. And we are aware of what we post out there and what is known. Or I hope you are. No, <laughs> I'm you completely aware. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, yeah. I, think, I mean, you have to be thinking that way. Yes. And, uh, and the, the goal is not to shut down all your social media presence, the goal is to be very careful when you communicate with strangers and what types of information you disclose. Mm -hmm. uh, is, it, is it, for example, personally identifiable information that is very sensitive? Or like exactly. I, I think I'm more scared about what you're doing is profiling. I mean, you're mm. creating a profile. And this is, to me, more scaring than publishing a photo of a dog, for example, mm -hmm. uh, it's more the profiling because from the way how you communicate or interact on social, you know, oh, this guy, he has some triggers, for example, what are the triggers? Mm -hmm. And if you know the triggers, I think you have the first uh, point. The foot on the door, let's say. Exactly. It, let's say it that way. Yes, but there are, it's a tango. So I might be, I might be having the most amazing profile, but if you don't respond to my triggers, then you're safe. If you respond to them, if you don't know what your triggers are, because there is a certain level of self-awareness that needs to be in place, 
if you don't know what your triggers are and you don't recognize that I'm trying to, to utilize them and to use them against you uh, and you fall to my trap, then you have a problem. But if you don't fall to this trap, if you are aware, if you if you see it when it happens, then you are safer. Yes. Well, and also your friends, because your friends Ooh. accounts can be hacked, too. But here's what you can do. If you know your friends, you may not be aware that this may be on a subconscious level, but you know how people type, you know, the words that they use, you know, that the, the, the way that they speak like Mirko, when, when I'm uh, direct messaging you on Twitter, I'm just, I'm just like giving you like massive amounts of information, no punctuation, no grammar. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just like throwing it, it out there. We should do this, 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 this. But if all of a sudden you got a direct message for me that had perfect punctuation and perfect grammar and British you would instinctually excellent. know that that was wrong. That wasn't me. And yeah. you would say, who is this? Yeah. Who the hell? And I had this uh, for, you know, on, let's say on Twitter, because um, mm. one of my relations to Twitter account ha has been hacked and uh, the attackers was just trying to contact all the people in the contact list uh, by direct mail to, mm. to use this as a stepstone attack. And it was so obvious after, after the second message that this can't wow. be the person. Yeah. Okay. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Uh, yes, it was obvious in this case, but you mentioned law enforcement earlier. Uh, Tyler, you did, you mentioned the story. And in fact, we, ha we have trained law enforcement on, on, Doing social engineering on criminals and sometimes you know that they they might arrest someone and then acquire their accounts and yeah. talk on their behalf. Usually what happens is that you study the way that person talks. You and study the their slang, they yeah, the words they use, the punctuations, everything, their style, everything, and you imitate it. And then you use the rest of the social engineering to um to communicate with your target or again you 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 do the profiling against the criminal that you hey, need to Tyler, a small finger hey, Tyler. <laughs> what's your sign <laughs> <laughs> yeah but okay it, it means you invest as well time in profiling and adopt your communication. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, but uh, on the positive side, you can utilize this against criminals and actually solve some cases this way, which is yes. nice. Yes. What is the way to defend it? Is it like for some certain types of contacts, you should agree, for example, on secret codes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Is it a simpler way to say, well, Tyler is contacting me, and if I will ask her, no, I will say her, the weather, the weather in Stuttgart, <laughs> it's raining cats and dogs. So I've seen this with, uh, with some companies, actually, when they, when they want to authorize financial transactions that are over an X amount of money, they agree at the beginning of each uh, week or a month in a meeting to use one specific worded code word in, in that email that would, uh, that would basically um 
legitimize it would be a code word that would yeah. legitimize this uh this transaction and if the code work is not in the email that otherwise looks perfectly regular then that person should get the like the financial uh, the accountant whatever uh they should get suspicious so they de- yes. decide on code words that yeah, blends sim- in. i don't i don't know if the code word should be sent in emails it should probably be talked over on like a a hardwired f- a landline or phone or they something meet like in that. Pers- yeah, phone or in-person meetings. That's how they yes, usually do it. Person. Yeah, now in other cases, like what you said, it, it depends. You can use it. But uh, that's the way where people are getting scary when I use strange words. In Yeah, they're not supposed to be strange. They are supposed to blend I, in. Yeah, but I can't say bullshit. I mean, then it's <laughs> simple. It must be something like, Odysseus. What was that? Or Alexander the Great. (laughs) Yeah, this doesn't exactly blend in in a conversation or an email or anything. I can do it everywhere. I can say, well, we have to conquer this market like Alexander the Great. (laughs) Okay. um, (laughs) How about how can I say this politely? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But don't transfer the money like Alexander the Great did. Uh, oh my! You know there are these types of people too. Okay, I, I take it that there are some people that uh, use a special language. Okay. <laughs> no, but to completely understand. To me, it it sounds like a feasible strategy to protect. Yeah. From um, getting it's, it's a low tech solution to a high tech problem. Yeah. You know, I find it interesting, too. There's this whole movement of people, CEOs um, that say, well, you know what? I'm not going to have a social media presence. But I almost think that's scarier because someone can create one for you. And when I was at DIA, that was one of the things that we warned against, you know, make sure you know what's out there. Yeah. Because if someone comes like, like Mirko saying they went to West Point or that they're in this, you know, special forces organization, um, you know, they're going to get people who are going to think that that, that they're really legitimate. And, and so you don't want someone creating a fake profile on you either. Mm. So, so you want to, you know, make sure you you know what's out there on you. It's an interesting aspect. Don't create a vacuum where the scammers can, or the social engineers can, yeah, just take the social media profiles mm. because they are not claimed. Exactly. And it's a very good point because if you are an executive, there will be some pictures of you out there. If you are a CEO, there will be some yeah. pictures of you out there. So then... You don't want someone else operating your quote-unquote LinkedIn profile. I, I mean, I know it for some super rich people, really super rich people, that mm-hmm. they are super aware on that no public photos of them are available in the web, and they and they manage it. Um, but this is only a, really a few people I know. Mm-hmm. ability let's say because there's a lot of energy they need to spend to avoid that mm. that the photos which are leaked will be removed and and, and stuff like that so especially in an agent area whenever where everybody has a phone they walk around with it's super difficult <clears throat> i think so with the camera so yeah. yeah it takes a lot of energy is it even worth it just yeah. make sure you're you monitor. It's fine if, if you have a team of people who are doing that great but yeah okay Tyler, I'm not a billionaire yet, so. 
Neither <sighs> am I yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we need other strategies. So I think um, it sounds feasible to be aware. What are your triggers? It's mm -hmm. super. It's really smart. And that's why more and more lessons from the fields of counterintelligence enter the field of cybersecurity nowadays. And that's why uh, having a profile and not that you're on basing your threat model on your profile, this is also rooted slightly in intelligence. And there's also one point with the super billionaire stuff. Um, mm -hmm. If you know the Theranos, the Theranos story, uh, yeah. it was the biggest fraud, isn't it? Uh, and there had been super rich people being scammed oh. to be honest they have been scammed i mean like even if they have no picture out there somehow i believe they have they had been social engineered because they yes. were doing, this is a super investment and it works blah 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 and i mean it's social engineering what else so it's like the eiffel tower sorry yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that, that is crazy. It. it's crazy it's crazy that He sold it once and then again. Again. I mean, <laughs> this guy was a genius. Yes. <laughs> However, we know he has been caught and um, gosh, I can't well, believe it. I just bought I the, Eiffel, the Eiffel Tower caught. for 10 Bitcoins. What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Yes, these people are being caught eventually. Yeah, eventually. And, and, and I think the way that the people tend to get caught is because they talk. I think about the perfect crime all the time, like how you could actually commit the perfect crime and get away with it. This scares me. And I think I've actually figured it out, but, you it know, scares I'm more, no. <laughs> but, but you can't have any technology. You, you cannot have your phone anywhere near you. You cannot speak about it. Um, you, you have to have some kind of disguise because there's cameras you're pretty much everywhere. So you'd really have to, you, you really have to think about these things. Like if you, well, I'm not, I'm not advocating committing the perfect crime, but you know, it's interesting to think about these things because yeah. I just have that mind. I don't know. And my question is, can you really think of everything, every aspect, everything, every forensic uh, investigative no. angle. Uh, can you can you know everything about your target as well? Okay, you know some stuff about, for example, you can know uh, what type of security camera systems they are using, especially if they put that sign outside their doors, we use the X system for security. Um, you cannot know everything. Mm -mm. You cannot be everything. confident uh, to think that you know everything. It's a bit mm. foolish as well. Yeah, because there's always something. There's mm. always something that 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 can be missed. Yeah, always. there is one mistake. There, you only need to do one mistake, one mistake, and the investigators need to find that one mistake. One last scary aspect on our conversation. <laughs> um, <sighs> what is about deepfakes? It's now popping up with deepfake technology. So I think Ooh. I'm now talking to Christina, but it's not Christina. It's Oleg Boboyev. It's <laughs> oh the device of Christina. So, yeah, good way. Who knows? So, is it? Well, 
who have you been talking to? Who gave you this uh, this email? You contacted yeah, we need, me. Even for deepfake, we need secret codes. Yeah. So uh, there is going to be a very big mess with deepfake, I'm sure, because we all we are not prepared enough to deal with social engineering as it is. So imagine adding deepfakes to the mix, and there we expect there will be a huge mess because there are more and more um, more and more attacks involving deepfakes either with video, involving video or just the voice. And although there are certain signs you can still spot into those videos that um, that give you a clue this cannot be real, A, not everybody is aware of what these clues are and not everybody can spot them. And okay. B, they are becoming better and better. And C, this is more evil by yeah. AI tools. We know as well that you can analyze the video or the voice conversation of the victim. So to know, for example, are they now on a stress point? Mm. Yes or not. And if they are on a stress point, you are getting more information that this is maybe the right time to perform a certain yeah. attack, isn't it? <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, especially the voice uh... It's very easy to identify when you're stressed or tired or not very alert in general. Yeah. It's very nasty. Yeah. It, yeah, oh. my gosh. But I think there, this is why, again, counterintelligence techniques will enter the mix. They will have to. There, there is no other choice eventually. Yeah. Okay. So my lessons learned for this episode is... I need more silly, silly secrets. How are you going to sleep at night? <laughs> no, very good. That's not a problem. I, I always, I mean, that's um, for sure. I always sleep very well after this kind of conversation. <laughs> I need more silly <laughs> secret words. Well, well, maybe when we stop recording, I'll, I'll tell you the perfect crime. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that, that, yes, that's my perfect crime, Tyler. So it's only because I'm I, I, I'm a writer too. So that <laughs> that's why. No. <laughs> no, interesting. So, so what what is my lessons learned? Like there are simple methods out there, like the secret codes. Then, mm. as well, what I really like to be more aware of what are my triggers mm -hmm. if i don't know what are my triggers or even if i think these are my triggers it's might wise to talk like an expert like christina to get more information what are yes. my triggers if i know mm. my triggers i know where i need to be aware mm -hmm. <clears throat> i've learned to have christina's number in my phone and reach out at any time that they're <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> as well, very good. And by that, I think this is what we can give as well as an as an hint and an advice. And be careful who you trust online and what types of information you disclose yep. to someone you haven't vetted and you don't yep. really know. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Christina, this was yeah, super really, really awesome. This was yeah. really fun. So much information. This is gonna be so helpful to so many people. Yep. Oh, thank you. Hope so. That's the goal. <laughs> and by that, to all the people listening to us, if you like the show, give us a comment, give us a rating, and we will publish more information about Christina. 
Maybe you can reach her or um, some resources. a parcel. Resources <laughs> about uh, social engineering will be in the show notes. Have a look there. And by that, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Christina, for joining. Follow us at hackwork.io 